Hi everyone, I'm Heaven. And I'm Bim. Ah, what? What? <laughs> Tracy could not be here, but Bimala is in the studio with me. Yes, I am. Bimford Louise. Yep. Bimmy Bimmy Coco Pup. Sure. <laughs> These are all valid and not at all valid names. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Bim? You know, I'm I'm alive and I'm breathing and I'm in good health. Listen, we gotta count everything these Every days. Every single thing. So it's been a hard week. Uh-huh. A hard life. <laughs> it's a hard not All life. my life I had to fight. <laughs> All my life. Um, and honestly, we are just gonna take a moment to reflect on what the fuck just happened, how we're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of feelings. A lot of feelings. Yeah. Uh before we do that though. I want to thank you for holding it down while I was away this summer. Oh, heaven, listen. It has been my honor and my privilege. Oh, man. To sit across from Tracy and think to myself, <laughs> what would heaven do? <laughs> and then fail spectacularly at that. But still, Are add value. <laughs> oh, babe, I'm so happy you're here. Let's get, let's, let's get into it, yo. Okay. So, where were you? <laughs> what were you doing on election night? On election night, I was working. Mm. So I had spoken to my editors beforehand. I knew that I was going to, in the tradition that I've been following all year, um, when I first came to America, I sound like Prince Akeem. When I, <laughs> <laughs> when I first came to America, um, I, arrived, I arrived on the 1st of March, which was a Super Tuesday. Um, Wait. <laughs> yeah. That sounds so ominous. I know, I know. Like the plane landed at JFK, and then the next morning I turned on my radio because um, I always I travel with the radio at all times because <laughs> I'm a 97 year old African Wait, man. Yeah, what? <laughs> I just I love the radio. My first job in Are media was radio. I'm very serious. I have like a tiny little radio that I, I don't listen to radio on the internet. I listen to an actual radio that I tune. Everywhere I go. It's been all over the world with me. It's portable? It's gone to Cameroon with me. It's gone <laughs> yeah. to Berlin when I lived in Berlin. Like you could very easily get that on your phone. I don't want it on my phone. I want an AM FM radio that I have to tune and find you local like stations. you like tuning? I love tuning. <laughs> there is something so soothing about turning the dial. Mm. I find it love. I, I, it, you don't get that at the tap with a little you swish, don't, you know? You don't. It's a tactile pleasure. Interesting. Yeah. So no. I've, I've had this radio, this particular radio, this yeah. model, I've had for about 10 years. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the next morning after I arrived in New York, um, I listened to WNYC, which I had found because good liberals like me need public radio. <laughs> Aww, so shout out to public radio. Shout out to public radio, which is where I began my career. So I I listened and there was all this talk about, you know, who had said what. And this is when the, you know, the, the, the Republican field was still so... It's like 80 people. Right. It, was, it felt like... <laughs> Including Jeb. <laughs> a Never succession forget. of pale white men plus Ben Carson. Oh. Yeah, I know. And... <laughs> oh, Lord. And... They were all talking and there was all this, you know, Marco Rubio was still in there. And, yeah. you know, and this was all prior to me coming on to another round this year, the first time. And, Aww. you know, doing Fuck, Marry, Mame. Remember? <laughs> oh, Remember do, those heady, happy days <laughs> when we could joke about Ted Cruz? Like, oh, uh, my God. When we joked about fucking Ted Cruz. When we joked about, imagine, simpler imagine. times. Simpler, happier times. Oh, yeah, so I, I've been kind of observing all year mm. um, this, this election. And so You've been covering it too, right? I have been, yeah. So I went both to the Republican National Convention and the Democratic what National Convention. What was that like? I mean, uh, first of all, you can read my things on BuzzFeed.com, the <laughs> website. You better flex. <laughs> <laughs> but, but genuinely, I, um, I was exposed to American politics in a way that 
I had never consumed it before because mm. normally you're watching from across an ocean and it's removed and it's highlighted and edited and you get only the best bits in the same way that, you know, people the think, bits. well, you know what I mean? Like, you got a wall on all the bits now. <laughs> now I live in the bits. I am the bits. I am the fucking pulp. <laughs> just sweet bits. Just, just sweet bits. Sorry. I just, I really needed that. <laughs> I'm going to say that every time I laugh. What, just sweet bits. Just sweet the pulp. Yeah. Yes. It me. Um, oh. So yeah, so this so this election day, it felt absolutely fitting that I also be watching and be observing mm. with the idea that at the end of it, I would produce maybe a thousand, maybe 1500 words on what the fuck I'd just seen. And then it happened mm. and I was writing it and I went to bed on uh, Wednesday morning at 5am oh, and I was exhausted and I was tired and I'd... I, I sent my words over to my editor and I said, all right, this is what I have. And she goes like, all right, well, let's talk about it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And by tomorrow, she meant three hours later mm-hmm. because that's what we did. So I slept for three hours. I was off again at eight. And then we finished editing and then we hit publish. And at that point, it had really begun to sink in that come January 20, there will be a man called Donald J. Trump in the White House occupying the very space that Barack Obama and his family had been occupying for the last eight years. And the knowledge of that Mm. makes me feel something similar to a fever in Mm. that I feel both hot and cold and very still, but also like there's a storm in my stomach. Mm. Um, And it's, it's interesting to kind of sit with the feeling and try your best to analyze it as opposed to just feeling it. Mm. But to sit there and try and break it up into its constituent parts feels like a really horrific <laughs> exercise you might do in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, true. Yeah, so that's where I'm at. I, Word. I, I, did, I wrote some words and I watched the election and I saw it all happen live. So one of the big things I feel like people are saying is like... Uh, the shock and surprise of like, how did we get it so wrong mm-hmm. is a is a thing I'm feeling and hearing a lot. Mm. Well, mm. not well, I did not personally feel that way. So I'm, I did not get it so wrong. So I'm glad you said that because I when people were saying, how do we get it so wrong? My first thought was to go to Tedru Cole mm. and his question. We who we who you know how long I've been saying that <laughs> we who who who's the we? What? Yeah. Who? Why? <laughs> Why? Oh my God. So that was my initial thing. And at the risk of sounding like a kind of like a smug dickhead, I kind of intimated this from the, the headline of my piece into like the context of it. Traveling around America this year meant that for me, I saw more than I would staying in one place. Mm. So it seemed apparent to me that, and I was saying this to friends and I would say, oh, I think he might do it, you know, like, yeah, I think he's going to win it. And everyone was like, no, he won't. And then the only concession people would give was, I think it's going to be close, but she'll just take it. And I was like, yeah. I honestly was on that boat. Were you? I thought, I was like, it's going to be close. Um, I, I would never doubt, I don't ever underestimate white people. <laughs> I would never doubt that this couldn't happen. Like, yeah. it could definitely happen. Mm. But I did think the momentum was on her side. Did you? I did. Mm. Are you generally a pessimistic person? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> so this is all the more surprising then. I uh... I mean, to have that glimmer of hope and then for it not to pan out. I just thought the numbers were on her side. Right. So this is what I was getting from a lot of people as well. Like 
everyone's as the one the thing that I heard over and over again was she's gonna just win it. It's gonna mm. be very tight, and for a moment it might look rocky, but don't worry. Yeah, she's gonna oh pull my God. it. Yes, so many people said <laughs> a lot that. of that, and I think a part of me wanted to believe that, but the more I spent time out in America, like like out in America. I kept thinking, ah, no, I don't, ah, I don't, I don't think she's gonna do it. Wait, so talk to me about that. So mm. you were, where, where are the places you were going for? Okay, so I was in Cleveland, Ohio, for the Republican National Convention. Mm-hmm. I was in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, for the Democratic. Um, I went to uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, um, and I went on holiday to uh, Louisiana, and then we we rented a car, and then we drove into Alabama. And we stayed in this lovely little town. Um, so we drove we drove in. And then when we got we got into town, and straight away, like, I looked across at my friend and we were like, this is a pretty white town. <laughs> 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 like, it was very apparent to me. Mm. And then the first, one of the first road signs we saw was literally called Equality Avenue. No. <laughs> yes, I have a photo. I will send you the photo. <laughs> that just is, that's rude. That's just rude. <laughs> I was like, uh, why don't you just call it Negro Lane? Like, come on, come on. <laughs> anyway, so we went into the, we went into the B&B. And um, Fox News was on the television when we walked in. Nice. And I was like, sure. I'm in Mobile. I'm in Fairhope, Alabama. It would be Fox News. Um, and then on the on the on the in the in the hallway, there was on their little hallway table, there were two signs, and one said Mobile for Trump, and another said the silent majority stands with Trump. At this point, it was too late in the day for us to find another B and B. Oh shit. And also, to be fair. We assumed this would be the case pretty much anywhere we went in this little enclave. True, true. So at this point, this one looked, it looked like a nice enough, nice enough B&B and it was charming. I mean, it was delightful. <laughs> <laughs> it was quaint. It was lovely. <laughs> you know, um, she asked me what my full name was when I told her it was Bim. She goes, is that is that short for something? <laughs> and I was like, it's short for Ade Bimpe. And she goes, well, I should hope so. And I was like, all right, charming Southern lady, I like you. <laughs> And I just thought, first of all, in my head, I was like, you racist bitch. But I also just thought, you know what, whatever. Like, you seem like a lovely lady. So I'm just going to go with it. She had these two dogs that would keep barking. And I was saying to my friend, I was like, I feel like these barks are racial. I But I can't prove totally it. totally feel you on that, yo. <laughs> White people's dogs, sometimes. Right. I'm just kind of like They this, reveal a lot about you. I just thought, this dog is looking at me with, like, human <laughs> racist eyes. I can tell. But... That's a story for another day. Um, but I remember thinking at that point, if this sweet old lady who is very kind to me and she was she was nothing but polite and she was lovely. I mean, she did touch my hair. So maybe oh my not. God. Yeah, I had purple. I had purple twists at the time. And she says, now tell me, oh, <laughs> tell no. me about your hair. And I was like, well, um, it's uh, it's my hair. <laughs> <laughs> and then she she mentioned that she had had something similar done. I had my hair in like uh, Senegalese twist. Similar. She said she'd had something done. And then she said, this is my favorite line of the whole holiday. <laughs> she says, oh, I had I had that done to my hair. And then she said, uh, in um, Jamaica or wherever. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, Jamaica or wherever. I've been to wherever. It's lovely this time of year. I love it. Yeah. Tell me more about wherever. Oh, my God. But in that moment, again, the, the whole time, I felt like I was having two conversations, one with whoever I was talking to and then another <laughs> with my friend, but silently with just our Absolutely. eyes. Absolutely, yes. 
And we'd both kind of look at one another and kind of be like, the fuck? <laughs> and then we'd go back to our little cottage and kind of be like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> Out loud. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. So in traveling around, there were all these indicators to me that it wasn't quite as cut and dried as people had convinced themselves hmm. that it was. So even the people who were saying that she'll win it, but only barely, hmm. I kept thinking, you're being too optimistic about this. So what did you see that suggested that to you? The amount of quote-unquote normal people oh. who were fine with Trump's many, many like egregious actions mm. because they felt some kind of affinity for what he was saying. So it kept, it kept coming back to... Yeah, he's got a bit of a mouth on him. Yeah, he says dumb stuff. Mm. Yeah, he said President Obama wasn't born in this country. <laughs> yeah, he's sort of a virulent racist. Yeah, he said Mexicans are rapists. And they would list all of his sins and then kind of go, but I think I'm going to vote for him. <laughs> in this really reasonable tone, like, okay, all right. Yes. But he might change some things. Like, you know, it's kind of like looking at a, like a, like a, a dog that's bit in the face of a baby and then kind of going, but he's such a good boy. And oh it's my like, God. But he's not a good boy. <laughs> he's actually a bad, bad dog. Boy. Bad <laughs> dog. <laughs> right. What we should do is just quietly remove this dog from people. Oh my goodness. And instead people would list all of this stuff and then say, but he makes a lot of sense about, about the, you know, about immigration. Mm -hmm. I'm like, does he? Does he? <laughs> And I kept asking that in like increasingly like hysterical voices. Does he? <laughs> like at one point only dogs could hear me. Like I was just like in the higher <laughs> register of just like incredulity. Like you people are saying nonsense. Oh my goodness. So yeah, that's, it became apparent to me just, I had so many conversations. Everyone's so open to talking to a journalist, especially a journalist with an English accent. Mm. And so all I had to do was kind of go, hi, I'm a journalist from Great Britain. And they'd be like, oh my God, all right, let me tell you my thoughts. <laughs> so I would ask and people would tell me. Which Did you I think ever is, feel unsafe? Not unsafe, but deeply uncomfortable. Mm. I always felt like, it felt to me like many people kind of see me, obviously, and they know that I'm a black woman. Yeah. But then when I speak, I sound like... Throw them off. I, what the fuck is there. happening? So I sound like a nice <laughs> make white black man. Ones. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like even black Americans are kind of like, oh my God, where's your accent from? Mm. And I kept thinking, if they're charmed by, if, if black Americans are charmed by a black British person, white people are going to lose their minds. <laughs> And True. fair enough, they did. I love your accent. Whereas, oh my God, where are you from? And I was like, I'm from London. And of course, inevitably, because people react that way, you become even posher. So I'd be like, hello, good evening. Yes. <laughs> so I began to sound like the fucking BBC. I was like, hello, good evening and welcome. <laughs> you know? <laughs> what will one have for supper? You know, that was, I was, I was very, very. You started talking about supper. <laughs> and this is it. I've never said the word supper in my life. So I'm like, and where does one sup? <laughs> what, what will we have for supper? Um, because people fucking find that charming. So I would say stuff and then kind of, yeah. And it meant that I could also ask them very deep questions like, yeah. so when did you first realize you were racist shit? And they'd be like, well, first happened. And I'd be like, oh, okay. You know, so you could ask people like really kind of probing questions. And obviously the other thing is that people also love to talk. Mm, true. Which I think people underestimate. Like yeah. if you ask a question, people will talk and they will tell you things. So I would ask and say. I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> These are good tips. <laughs> this is Journalism 101 with your host, <laughs> Bim Adewunmi. Uh, <laughs> no, but seriously, like, yeah, like I said, like by the summer, like deep in the summer, I was like, oh, he's going to win it. <laughs> the thing that, that put a pause in my optimism, which never exists, was Brexit. 
Oh, right. Yeah. Once Brexit happened, uh-huh. I was like, y'all are laughing a little too hard at this. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. America. Mm-mm. You're not learning enough lessons. You're laughing too much. Yeah. And then we're out here making jokes about fucking orange hair, whatever. You yeah. know, it feels a little like we missed it all. I just. Again. We hope. <laughs> we who we, we this is the other thing as well like some of the best conversations i was having or even observing post brexit amongst british people was mm. amongst black and like ethnic minority britons who were kind of like you motherfuckers mm. like you fucked us you know, in the same way that seeing the exit polls and seeing who voted for Hillary and inevitably... Woo, let's get there. Let's get there. It's black women. Yes. They stay saving you and you fuckers don't deserve to be saved. Meanwhile. Ever. Meanwhile, <laughs> at Pride Rock. Like, I saw that and I felt rage. I'm not even an African-American woman. And mm. I was like, you... And then I kept seeing post the election result people going michelle 2020 i was like get your fucking hands off michelle obama don't touch michelle obama keep her name directly out of your <laughs> dirty mouth yo i i actually have heard michelle say keep my name out your mouth i feel like i have <laughs> i feel like michelle looked me in the eye and said tell these fuckers to keep my name out of oh their mouth oh my goodness so yeah i just it's a very kind of basic thing about understanding that For many people of color, especially black people in this country, Mm. there is a long history of living with compromise. And it's it's so entrenched that I think people forget that we're constantly thinking with more nuance than Mm. anyone. We will look an enemy in the eye and see how they might be beneficial and then vote on that. That's so real. And it seemed to me that for all the people who are accusing black Americans of purity politics and so on. I thought, oh, you've you've fundamentally misunderstood the existence of black people's lives in this country. Their very existence is a compromise. Mm. Everything they do is based on compromise. This idea that, not even that, the idea is that allow us not even necessarily to flourish, but just to survive. Yo, I'm just trying to live. I'm just trying to live. We Can here, I live? We out here trying to function. <laughs> That's it. To quote... <laughs> The prophet E40. God bless him. Now shake them dreads. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm shaking them. Oh my God, Ben, this is the most I've laughed all week. I'm so glad to have been of service. Oh my God. Yeah. Let's go to tears now. Okay. All right. <laughs> no. Let's talk about who voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. So black women overwhelmingly voted for Clinton. Of course they did. Of course they did. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're not dumb. Exactly. Um, who voted for Trump? There was a good number of white men who Mm -hmm. voted for Trump, which I think in the grand scheme of things was no surprise. True, true. And then white women, which again, if you're a student of history, not that surprising. Beyonce did try to warn us. I mean. About Becky. (laughs) But one of the things that I think I that I thought actually stayed with people Mm. is what Trump said on that bus. Mm. And I do think it was actually covered well. Like they were like, we're at a national debate. Anderson Cooper is asking the presidential candidate, do you know the definition of sexual assault? Yeah. So it, people weren't shying away from it, which I was grateful for. Same. There's a lot that press did not do right this. Sure. Hard agree. Uh, election season. Hard but that, agree. <laughs> I do think that was covered well and widely. So I thought that would have affected people more. 
I agree. I thought I thought that it would be like a huge turning point where people will kind of go, right. oh, well, if he's coming for Becky. <laughs> right. 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 Because Mexicans, fine. Sure. Muslims, sure. All right. Let's get rid of them. Black people, fuck them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But he was grabbing white women by the pussy. Damn. Yo. Like... That to me was kind of like, all right, let's panic, guys. Let's panic. They got Billy Bush out the paint. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Yo. I just thought, well, if if nice, precious white lady vaginas are not safe, then who, now we're going to have a conversation, <laughs> right? And then once again, mm. people said, you thought, mm. <laughs> you assumed, and that makes an ass out of you, but not me. And I think that to me, the, the way that, came and went mm. like that was like the fastest news cycle i've ever seen yo and then we went back to the fucking emails and that to me showed a a very very concerted effort on the part of mr trump mm. and his acolytes that if we organize we can take away a statement that sounds a lot like sexual assault mm. and we can just make it go away locker room talk Right, right, right. I've been in several locker rooms. <laughs> um, again, I was very young. I oh was my in Vegas. God, I'm kidding. Stop. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, but 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 genuinely, like, I'm not easily shocked. Mm. You know, I'm British, so also I swear a lot. <laughs> it takes so much effort not to swear in people's faces every day. <laughs> Americans are so polite. I have to. Every time I like see a British person, they're like thinking, "You cocksucker." I have to tamp <laughs> down. Taught. I have. I have to tamp down the urge. To use the F word and the C word. Americans don't like the C word. Yeah, they don't. You guys have a different relationship. We kind of love it. Yeah. It's odd. I've noticed. I mean, <laughs> that's how I greet all my friends. Hey, <laughs> C word. And then we just hug and kiss and it's great. But um, I've heard a lot of stuff. And I wasn't necessarily like, oh my God, I didn't clutch my pearls. But mm. I was like, that's a distasteful thing to say. Also, and it was just like violent. weird. That's weird. Like, just the way he phrased things. I'm like, what uh -huh. planet are you from? Right, right. And the, the preceding sentence about I moved I moved on her like a bitch. Yeah. Like, and what, I was what like, does that mean? Huh? <laughs> what? What? Like, and then all these like, he was furniture shopping. Yeah. Something? What was the furniture about? But I was also thinking to myself, is that how you caught a lady? <laughs> Allow me to buy you a shares. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, that's not Yo, normal. Yo, peep this ottoman though. And you know, <laughs> like, oh, I see, I see you like the futon. <laughs> Does Madame like the futon? Like, what kind of sexy? Fl nah, that's uh, that's not how you get to a woman. But 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 then beyond we should that, we should replay the clip right now. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because it was fun. I moved on her and I failed. I'll admit it. Whoa. I did try and fuck her. She was married. <laughs> huge news, Sarah. Oh, no, Nancy. Yeah. No, this was and I moved on her very heavily. In fact, I took her out furniture shopping. She wanted to get some furniture. I said, I'll show you where they have some nice furniture. <laughs> I took out furniture. I moved on her like a bitch. But I couldn't get there. And she was married. And all of a sudden, I see her. Who voted for Trump? Everyone you expected and a few of the people you didn't expect. Mm. And I think it's also important to mention the number of black men who voted mm. for <laughs> Donald Trump. So let's not forget about them. It was, first of all, more than one. Right. And it, <laughs> right. More than Ben Carson is more what I'm than, saying. More than Ben Carson. <laughs> like, right. And same with our Latino cousins mm. who also voted surprisingly, like a surprisingly strong showing for Mr. Trump, which I think, again, kind of talks to me about proximity to whiteness. Mm. Like... Latinos who aspire to whiteness, and I mean that as as a as a concept, um, the idea of whiteness as an idea, I think they wouldn't be the first uh, group of people to want to make that move. 
Sure. That's American history. Right. Right. The Irish did it. The Italians did it. Polish did it. And, you know, shout out to you, man. Move on up. The one thing blackness cannot do Mm. is turn into whiteness. Mm. No amount of respectability politics will get you there. So I kept thinking to myself about when I saw the proportion of Latino voters who had voted for, for, for Mr. Trump, I thought, oh, okay. We're beginning like the grand exodus. We're trying mm. to get to whiteness. I see. Oh, it's all right. All right. All right. Live your life. Okay. But we're going to be here brown still. Yeah. And unable. I'm not willing to, by the way, but unable to move into whiteness. So where does that leave us? Mm. And that, that to me was just the, you know, I kept thinking to myself, I saw, I think it was like, what, 93% of black women voted for Hillary Clinton. And mm-hmm. I was like, do you know how much it took mm. for those women to go into their Yo. voting booths? Yo. And to kind of fill in that little circle. Like, I felt like it was the most begrudging vote. But you know what? Black women got information and did it. Mm. And then you couldn't do the same, you fuckers. You couldn't do the same. And the answer was, no, no, we could not. So how can white people be useful, Bim? What are we going to do with them? Can't live with them. (laughs) But apparently we can't live with them. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I I spent, like, the, the day after the election, I got on the train to come into work and I found myself narrowing my eyes up several yo, white people yo, I was like <laughs> dare you to make eye contact with me I dare you how dare you and I was I was reminded of my friend who um Alexis who said um <laughs> when the Roots remake was on television her boyfriend is white <laughs> and she said she just kind of sat on the sofa just looking at him <laughs> in silence <laughs> thinking to myself oh that was me except <laughs> instead of like one white dude mm-hmm. i was looking at all these white people i was like chances are because we're mm, in new york statistically speaking statistically speaking you probably voted for hillary clinton sure however however i'm gonna narrow my eyes at you <laughs> yes. and i want you to divine from my expression that i'm thinking hey hey it could be you fuck you <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know what we're gonna do with white people mm. but you know i think the thing that lots of people have been saying that I've been seeing on Twitter a lot is kind of like, we have to understand why the average Trump voter voted for Mr. Trump. And to that, I blow a very, very loud and large raspberry. Fuck understanding. <laughs> did you say a raspberry? Yes, I did. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think there is something horrifically dehumanizing about saying that the way to reach someone who has denied your humanity mm is to understand them. Mm. Like, where's the room for maneuvering? Understand me, motherfuckers. Right. So that that's interesting. I mean, I do think that there is, there has to be like a, a, some kind of mass education on what it is to be black in America, but also in the world. Mm. Um, and also just this, this idea that, it's going to sound very crude and I apologize in advance, but we cannot like fuck our way to like, fairness do you know what i mean like i absolutely do like you can't well my husband's black well my children are mixed race Mm. that's great i'm so pleased for you and your rainbow family that's lovely they're very attractive (laughs) but it takes more than you know there's there's a weird kumbaya vibe absolutely to be fair though on the flip of that there's also like this fantastically militant how the fuck do we fix this? Oh, true. It's like organize, get information. Right. Listen, y'all, we've got work to do. Right. Which is very, you know, it's very encouraging. I spoke to a friend of mine um, who was also been kind of covering the election. And she said that 
she comes from like this kind of activist kind of Bay Area kind mm. of, you know, raised fist kind of communities. And she was saying that she knows people who have been essentially apolitical their whole lives. Mm. And this result already has galvanized people into kind of like, all right, let's, like you say, get information. Like mm. what what needs to be done? And where can I be of like use? So that's interesting. It's irritating that it took this mm. <laughs> to galvanize the base. But, you know, at this point, I'm just taking the things that don't make me want to hurt myself. So mm. I'm going to have to take that and just run with it. And also, at the end of all of this, I have to remind myself, <laughs> fam, I'm not American. <laughs> Yo, get out, Bim. And we get have out. Our, <laughs> we have our own problems on my <laughs> tiny little rainy fascist island. So, you know. <laughs> true, true. You know. We're yeah. all in this together. Sure, whatever. <laughs> whatever you say, Mr. Cameron. Sure. <laughs> I wanted to actually ask, what were you doing on election night? Where were you? I was at work. <laughs> we had we were doing live shows all uh, all that week. Mm. So I was at work, mm-hmm. and we were making a comedy show. Yay! <laughs> I hear comedy thrives in times of badness. <laughs> is this true, Heaven? Uh, it is. It is. Uh, it was a really weird experience, especially because like we had audience people who like had their phones taken away. So they were just hearing the election results just as they were coming in. Mm. And like it was pin drop silent really? at some times. Like the beginning was a totally different mood than the end. Right, right. And in the middle, you can see the change. <laughs> <laughs> and you can hear it. There are audience members like gasping when Florida is called. Bloody hell. So it was very somber by the end. I was in tears. I was I was in a bar in the East Village and you've never seen a more enthusiastic. It was quite a young crowd. So I imagine for quite a few of them, maybe mm. not all, but a good number. This was their first presidential election. Mm. And they looked enthusiastic and they were like theater types. So they were Aww. dramatic with it. <laughs> and I was so in love with them. And they were all kind of like happy and they were cheering. And every time like somewhere was called, they like, the you know, spontaneous whoop would go around the bar. And slowly you began to see like this ebullience just begin to like drain and I got on the train, um, but before I got on the train, I kept thinking to myself, what if when I get out in mm. Brooklyn, mm. it's the end of the world? And I was like, all right, calm down. Um, but it still felt that way. Yeah. Um, and I kept thinking, I wanted to kind of ask you about like that mood that you mentioned, because it seemed to me that in New York that there was this air of, do you know what? We're optimistic, but we're also really fucking scared. Yeah, definitely. I, I totally felt that in the air, like Wednesday morning. I heard strangers talking to each other on the subway. Mm. <laughs> New Yorkers don't talk to each other. <laughs> They're not rude. They just don't like. Why would I disrupt yeah. you when you're when you're in your little silo? You know, mm-hmm. so it's a little respect thing. Yeah. But yeah, I like found myself crying on the subway. I saw other people crying. I would like step out of a meeting at work and then cry some more. Mm. You know, I was just like in a daze. Mm. The, the spontaneous crying has it's it's been the it's been the surprise mm. like somehow it doesn't inoculate you to know or to think you know the results yeah. which is kind of where I was I was like oh he's gonna win it and it's gonna be bad that doesn't make me feel better I hate being right 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 no, I mean I'm right all the case, time <laughs> same right I'm like oh man the problem with being right <laughs> sometimes you break your own heart oh, um, I know but I, today um, I was leaving the office to go to get lunch and i saw um four four little puppies my voice just broke because oh i just remembered God. but i saw four little puppies <laughs> in their little crates and my heart began thumping and then i was crying mm. 
And I was just like, these tiny precious creatures don't even know who the president is. <laughs> they don't know whether it's Obama or Trump and soon it won't matter. <laughs> like I just, I felt like my eyes welled up mm. and I was like, all right, fine. And then uh, a colleague today brought in his two children. And at one point, one of them said, <laughs> daddy, look <laughs> at whatever he'd drawn or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, I miss my dad. <laughs> And I cried again. <laughs> but every time I heard them speak or I heard their little feet on the floor, oh. I was like, they're so tiny. They don't know what they just don't happened. Know. <laughs> they don't know. And I just, that happened. And then somebody else had a dog in the newsroom. And I was like, this dog is so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and the dog came up to me and like ran up in that excited way dogs have. Oh. And then sneezed. And I was like, oh, Bobby sneezed. Oh my God. <laughs> so everything has set me off. Like it's been like this like you know what will make you cry next mm. you know and my friend and you know my my buzzfeed colleague hannah jewel did a fantastic um checklist on buzzfeed.com the website and it was um how many types of crying have you done since tuesday oh so many and it's a checklist of like 78 things or 76 things rather and i i think i checked off all 76 like i've mm. cried in every single one of those ways I think one of them said something like silent crying on the inside, because if you make it audible, it will sound like the sound of a trapped animal. And I was like that. I've cried that cry. I've done. I've, I've cried that exact cry. So it's been it's been a whirlwind. I think the heartbreaking thing is that it feels like America has been like gaslighting me, mm. uh, us, mm. like black Americans, women, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like telling you things are happening are not happening. Mm hmm. So when you have an election that proves, hey, this is uh, what people of color have been talking about, <laughs> yeah. about race and stuff. Mm. So it was a little bit like uh, edifying to have an example mm. to point to. Like, hey, this election shows. We're not making it up. We're not making it up, mm. which is a wild thing that you think anyway. Why would I make this up? Mm. Who enjoys this? It's that Dave Chappelle joke, isn't it? Like, you didn't believe us until you read it in Newsweek. And then mm. he does his voice and he goes, honey, it says here the police are bidding up black people like hotcakes. And I always, I thought about that joke. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but I thought about that joke and I was like, yeah, until it's in Newsweek, until someone's doing a 4,000 word think right. piece, where did we go wrong? And again, like you said, we the fuck who? Mm. So there's like this whole... There's this whole, like you say, edifying part of kind of like finally yeah. something I can tangibly point to. But then the next day we right. had already somehow erased this entire, like all the narratives have changed to, we just need to understand that voter better. Mm -hmm. uh, there are so many economic things that we missed. The economic worries, yeah. And it's like, fam, he ran on white supremacy. It was not the subtext of his election, it was the text. It right. was like, make America great again when white people were great and ruled the country. Right, right, right. Ban the Muslims, ban the Mexicans. Build like, a wall. You, yeah. KKK endorsement. So this is the thing. I saw this great tweet the morning after the election result, and it was from Deezus. Mm. And he said... Shout out to Deezus. Shout out to Deezus. And he said, um, good morning to everyone, except the people who voted for the same person that David Duke voted for. Mm. And I was like, all right, well, that's, let's that's shut it. down Twitter. That's that's, 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 that's that's the core <laughs> of it. Or people saying, like, uh, not all Trump supporters are racist. Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. They just don't mind racism. Which is racist. 
which does not make me feel better. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know, it's kind of like, oh, so he, you mean to say he won't shoot me? But if someone, someone else, else shot okay, me, I could be see, all right. I could deal with that. Right. And this but is what will I he mean. make the country great again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but how about my tax, though? <laughs> What's going to happen with my tax? And I just kept thinking the way that you can like compartmentalize and put black people's lives, Mexican people's lives, mm. Muslim people's lives into one basket mm. and then put your quote unquote economic fucking worries in another. I mean, kind of go, this is a Venn diagram that I'm okay with. Mm. The fuck? And I'm supposed to just like accept that, right. oh, these economic, you know, you have right. to empathize with this. Right, voter. right. Meanwhile, people are doing, I've spoken to, I mean, I, I, first of all, I've, I've received and given so many hugs mm. this week. I mean, I'm a fairly tactile person. I'll hug anyone, but you're a great hugger, Bim. Thank you. Oh my god, it's one of my great skills. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> but I've I've done I've done two so many hugs, and then before pulling away, almost everyone has either given or I've given them like an extra squeeze, mm. and it feels like like a transference of power in some way. Kind of like just don't fall down. Just keep your knees like taut. Don't don't buckle. That's so beautiful, Bim. It's just a horrible hug, but it's like a necessary hug. Mm. And people have like, you know, left social media behind for a while. And I had texts and calls and messages of people kind of saying, I all like you said, I, I always thought my country hated me. Mm. And now I know for definite, like the results, the man who's going to be in the White House come January is the evidence that every single thought that I had mm. has been proven true. You know, people, I, you know, I've spoken to friends, like many of them black, some Latino, some Jewish, some Muslim. Mm. And all their, all their comments has been, have been to say, fam, I'm, I'm tired. Mm. I'm just really tired. And so for them, I don't really know what else to say, except if you ever need to talk, which sounds so useless. I know it's not, but saying the words, if you need me for anything, like mm. just reach out and if I can help in any way if talking it out helps yeah. if just shouting it out sure like there is value in community and I think it's times like these that you really begin to see that networks matter and you know try not to forget anyone and try and you know hold on to you know all your bonds and so on but sometimes people don't want to talk either mm. <laughs> they just want to kind of just feel the full weight so what are you doing for self-care um I'm turning to a lot of comedy. Ooh, like what? Oh, God. Like everything. Everything. Anything that... Twitter has been a godsend. Oh, my God. Like it has its fair share of fools. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I've laughed at Vines. All right. I know. R.I.P. Vine. Okay, so I, I will say that you're right. Twitter, e even though like in, in, in some ways I kind of feel like po political memes have... They're fraught. Yes, <laughs> yes. Political memes are fraught. But I do think black people on the internet are like, yo, what songs are we singing on the plantation? You know, we're having a little fun with this because we're crying. We're crying a lot, okay? <laughs> and I think there's, again, there's value in who's telling the jokes. Mm. I really don't want to have a straight white man tell me a joke about the fucking gulag. I'm like, is it, fam? Is it? <laughs> really? No. You? You're going to tell a joke? And like, then my voice gets higher and higher until I'm in that kind of dog that register. Octave. Yeah. <laughs> Just dogs can hear me and I'm breaking fucking like crystal glasses. Like, what? What? <laughs> but every time, like, you know, really, you know, like the deuces to you, I'm kind of like, hey, that's funny. I saw, I saw a girl one i think it was by asia chloe brown 
about um, I'm going to vote later and then go get my nails done so I look fresh for the slave auction. <laughs> Yo, okay, so tell me why tell me why the first thing I did in Trump's America, yeah. I went to MAC and got a lot of lipstick. <laughs> I was like, fuck y'all, I'm going to stay fresh to death. To death. <laughs> to death. I'm going to be out here, okay? <laughs> to death. To death. When I left the bar on Tuesday night, mm. I was there was a hum in my brain and it got louder and louder when I realized it was going the way it was going. Mm. And I thought to myself, there's one of two things I can do. And I kind of mentioned this in the piece. I was thinking about a play by a British playwright called uh, Mark Ravenhill. And the play is called Shopping and Fucking. <laughs> And I thought, okay, well, what's available to me in the East Village at 9 p.m.? <laughs> okay. And I was like, I could be that person just trolling Tinder right now, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to go shopping. So I went and I bought some Mario Badescu drying lotion. Okay. I bought some perfume. All right. And then I held that those two bottles in my hand. And I was like, you know what? This is really fucking helping. Mm. Capitalism. Yo. Yeah. It, it be like helped. that sometimes. It helped. And I was like, all right, now I can go home. And not make a questionable sexual decision. <laughs> <laughs> On top of all On this. On top of all this. Imagine waking up on Wednesday like, oh, fuck this guy. <laughs> you know? Like, so, the election was bad. It wasn't that bad. Was, like, I think you overreacted. All right, all right. <laughs> Please leave. All right, Bob, get out. Like, I didn't want that. So I was Bob. like, isn't that a classic? Anyway. Classic. <laughs> classic Trump voter, Bob. But I just thought to myself, no, go go buy yourself some expensive fucking lotion mm. and then go home and then apply it luxuriously. <laughs> yes. Think about the good things in your life. Think mm. about your parents. Think about your, your brothers and your sister. Think about your friends. Think about laughter. I went on uh, fanfiction.net <laughs> and I read some of the smuttiest fanfic I could <gasps> find. Like, just filth. Okay. And I just basically sat there and I was like, all right, who's doing the nastiest shit here? All right. And then I just <laughs> I just read that for like a half hour and I was like, all right, I feel better. Like, I feel centered. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this election season has been wild and we're still recovering. But we gotta get we gotta get it off our chest uh, with a little segment called "Fuck You." <laughs> <laughs> you just want to say "fuck you" to anyone, anything, like why, how, sway, anything. <laughs> Who do you want to say "fuck you" to, Heaven? <laughs> so first of all, fuck you to a lot of journalists. Mm -hmm. I really, really think there's this fiction of objectivity that is afforded white people. Mm -hmm because they are neutral and we are not. <laughs> and it gives you this whole, like I, under, I understand how journalism works. Don't fucking tell me how reporting works. I get it, <laughs> you know? Yes, Evan. Like there's commentary, there's journalism, there's reporting. Like th those are all, you know, things that I understand. Sure. And there's a way you can present information that people see as like, oh, you got you got to hear both sides. <laughs> gotta hear basically, both sides. basically, they're like they're, the false equivalency that ran through this election is wild. It's wild, even from the beginning when Trump was like just emerging in his in his swamp like nature. <laughs> you know, it was like he started with birtherism stuff. Mm. I noticed that lately. The I think maybe even just in this it started in the summer that news organizations got more aggressive about putting like. In the chirons on the bottom, the little scroll, it'll, it'll be like Donald Trump said this, parentheses, he lied. Yes. 
So that is an objective thing you can help me understand by saying he lied. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's not, oh, you know, I'm not being fair to this side. Mm -hmm. These are, this is like, this is a fiction. Yes. (laughs) So like when he was coming out and it was like, oh, Trump continues to say that Obama wasn't born here. You can say Trump continues to say racist uh, sentiment about Obama's birth. Call it by its name. Yeah. You can still objectively tell me what happened Mm -hmm. and call things by their names. Mm -hmm. The inability, the freaking hoops, the hoops that have been jumped. It's like the fucking Westminster dog show for white people just finding an excuse. It's not racism. Oh, it's not sexism. It's not about how the fact that... (laughs) Donald Trump inter- inter- uh, interrupted Hillary Clinton like 50,000 times. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not indicative of anything, okay? Yeah. That could be anything. That could be anything. It's uh, not necessarily racism. It's not necessarily sexism. It's like uh, Donald Trump was assault, uh, was accused of sexual assault by 15 women. But is she likable, though? Can we trust her mm. more at 11? <laughs> like, fam, what? How is this? I was just floored by how people with a straight face could, could continue to do that. I think it got better towards the summer when it got worse. Yes, which I think is the point. I think that's the point. It it felt very much like too little, too late. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm a member of the press and, you know, we're not infallible. Absolutely. And I think this cycle more than ever kind of showcased just how fallible we are as a group. And some of that comes down to, yes, we don't have diverse enough newsrooms. I kept thinking about the stories that were chosen to be centered upon, you know, Mm. this need to understand poor white people, Mm. but no such gestures made towards poor black people or Mm. poor Latino people. Or poor black people who live in rural areas as if only white people live in middle America. But it's the same thing you get in the UK and you get it here as well, where we talk about working class people, but we're almost always exclusively talking about white working class people. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, myself... Me, myself, personally, <laughs> I'm a working class black Briton. Mm. I'm working. I grew up in a council house. Mm. It me. No one's ever looking to interview me. But they want to talk to my neighbors who just happen to be white. Mm. So it's like you get one identity. Are you working class or are you black? Pick one. And then we're going to lump all you blacks into one group. And all working class people are white. End of. And it's fucking irritating. So I think that for me was, that was my frustration as well. Like observing it. And I... I put myself in that basket where I didn't insist to my editors, I want to cover this, for mm. example. But of course, you know, you have other interests and so you do other things. And I don't, I, I'm not a political reporter full time. Right. You know, I write about pop culture um, in addition to, you know, wider culture, which mm. the election falls under. Um, and I think I did a good job for the things that I did tackle. But I also think I wish I had personally widened my net. And I did some of this when I was in Cleveland and I noticed, for example, that so many of the people who were working at the convention center were black. And suddenly I thought, hang the fuck on. Hmm. These people who work here, probably on minimum wage or not much more, they're all black. And they're working in a a center (laughs) that is hosting the Republican National Convention. I should probably talk to them. So I did. And that was great. Um, But it was still a case of more could have been done sooner. Mm. And so the mad scramble at the end yeah, to kind of get it right now. And I was like, fam, it's two weeks before oh. the fucking... Nah, it's too late, bro. Like, I felt it's too late. It's too late. You can't fix all the ills mm. of literally years, by the way. This didn't happen in the last eight right. months. Like, 
first of all, the American election cycle has been going on since I was like six <laughs> years old. I feel like, like it's been forever. I've had a child sent off to college and this fucking election still hadn't happened. And I just, there was so much time, there was so much space, there was so much room. And instead a decision was made, not formally, but just this idea of whose stories are worth telling mm. and then telling those stories again and again and again. So yeah, I understand the fuck you to journalists, to some journalists, I get that. Also, I want to say fuck you to white people. Mm-hmm. Sure. Just generally and specifically. Sure, right. Why not? Sure. <laughs> um, white people, now's the time to be useful, truly. Mm-hmm. Be useful. That's it. R- read, learn, talk to your fucking racist family because you could have talked to them. They certainly wouldn't have listened to me. Uh, and Thanksgiving is coming up. So no. you have so many opportunities. We to got midterm talk to elections them. coming up. Right. It's always election season. Okay. Always. It's just like Fashion Week in New York. <laughs> it's always <laughs> Fashion Week for some reason. It is. It's like winter fashion week, spring fashion week, but they're all in the same fashion. Really, <laughs> fashion really loves its weeks. <laughs> they do. It really fucking does. I uh, also want to say fuck you to like, uh, I don't know, the kind of white people who like could have been useful. Mm. Like, what, how could they have been useful, do like you think? actually canvassing or actually uh, reaching out to family members or reading something and then like uh, changing the places like your day-to-day spaces, like your workplace, mm-hmm. the school, whatever. Mm. Like there, I just keep seeing so many things on social media where I feel like we're fed this narrative about like the young, the young people are okay, mm. which I don't feel like we are. No, of course not. I'm imagining that kind of young liberal white person mm. who is very adamant about Bernie Sanders, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I've spoken to a few of these young people. Oh my Carry on. God. <laughs> I kind of understand I what you're saying. I think it's something about a performative. So salty. A performative white liberal who's yes. kind of, you know, who says things. And be useful. Stop talking. Yeah, yeah. I think, I don't know how to articulate it more than just be better. Yes. Which is not helpful. <laughs> it's not. It's not specific. But I wanted <laughs> they to need say, specifics, girl. right? I'm like, be less shit. Yeah. Which is not a directive you can issue to human beings. <laughs> be less shit. Yeah. I want to say to people that if you have any platform of any kind, mm-hmm. and I don't mean like necessarily like a raised podium, like you were saying in your spaces, mm. challenge some shit. Talk to people. This is the easiest time to be a white person speaking up. Yo, fam. What consequences will you face? Can you just ask Matt McGorry? Matt, just talk to Matt. I mean, I I clown Matt McGorry all the time on Twitter. But he's fucking useful. He's saying some shit, though. He's, he's not saying it useful. to me. It's not for saying, me. No, but he's saying it to his fellow Pell people. Like, <laughs> hey, don't be shit. Isn't he so dreamy? Yeah, I'm like, use your feelings of dreaminess. <laughs> and then just listen to what he's saying. And this is the thing. Like, like I said, I joke all the time about Matt McGorry. And I, I, you know, it's maybe unfair, but you know, he's rich, he can take it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know, I don't feel that bad. He got it. Yeah, what's funny is funny. And Matt McGorry is funny inherently. So I'm going (laughs) to laugh. All right, I'm sorry, fam. I love that you're doing what you're doing and Godspeed, but I will laugh at you. Um, But I think to myself, he's doing... Yes, it's very performative. Mm. And for that, you know, fuck you guys. Like, but oh, I'm shirtless with a... Right, right, right. New Jim Michelle, Crow on my chest. <laughs> Michelle Alexander's I just, critically acclaimed can I just new say, Jim though, Crow. <laughs> if you were browsing on Tinder and you saw that, you'd be like, hey, fuck you, guy. But I would pause a little, though. I'd pause, but then He's I'd hate shirtless. myself for pausing. I'd be like, ah, oh, you simple creature. <laughs> what, you saw, like, his tiny little nipples and you're happy? No, come on. Yeah. But all, all jokes aside, like, he's... he's 
in his space doing what he does, whatever. Mm. That's something that a lot of people could stand to do. People could step up and say things. And like I said, like Thanksgiving is coming up. I hear that's a very famous American holiday. <laughs> so you'll be home with your families. Maybe, I'm not saying like give your grandma a heart attack, but kind of be like, hey, grandma, why the fuck are you so racist? Yeah, hey, family, get it together. Right. Like, you might not think this is about racism, but it is. It absolutely is. And you know what? Actually, I think a lot of people who are racist know they're racist. Oh, absolutely. And if you're in that family, if you're in that space where you can say to someone, hey, you're being very fucking racist. Allow me to tell you the ways in which you can be better. That's not on me. That can't be my job. Mm. I'm really, really, really over explaining to white mm. people like, oh, by the way, this is racist because or this affects me because or when you use that word, you're harking back to the mm. painful history oh of God. blah, blah, blah. If we look at history. Right. <laughs> like, I can't tell you how long I've been on the Internet talking about blackface. And I'm like, if you mm. don't, I feel like fucking if you don't know me, I feel like Gladys Knight. If you don't know me by now, you will <laughs> never know me. It's not me. Yo. Like in my mind, like the pips are in my head just singing. <laughs> if you don't know me by now. And people still don't go know. Go off, Mim, go off. <laughs> but if you don't know by now, maybe you'll listen to a nice white person like Matt McGorry. Sure. In which case, step the fuck up and speak and yeah. say something. Because I personally am done trying to explain to you, and these are the ways in which I'm human. Please mm. treat me as such. Mm. Begging for your dignity gets old. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't get like a stipend from the government for doing it. <laughs> no one's paying me to be on the internet going, okay, if you turn to page 36 class, <laughs> you'll find a diagram that explains to you how my heart is uh, pumping the same blood that yours is pumping. Like, Fun fact. Exactly. The more you know, Rainbow. Like, what are we talking about? It's annoying. Who do I want to say my fuck you to? Well, I don't know. I feel like it's like uh, an amorphous, like a gaseous, <laughs> just the concept of whiteness. <laughs> yes. Just fuck you, white supremacy. Uh. In big ways and small. Just fuck you. In the ways that you have made people who are not white feel. Mm. In the ways that you have made them suffer. Just, just fuck you. Fuck I feel like, you remember that great Jamie Foxx clip oh, where he sings fuck you, you accompanied by the piano? I actually do. <laughs> so, we're going to play it right now because it's the jam. It's a bop. I was like, I want a full single. <laughs> I would pay $1.99 on iTunes yes. for it very much. Um, and I feel like every time I read a particular kind of story, you know, mm. long form, Incredibly well reported. Sure. The song that plays in my head on a loop is Jamie Foxx at a piano singing, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> That's how I feel. Um, I keep thinking about the, the fact that so many polling places had kind of disappeared by virtue of the Supreme Court's decisions to gut parts of the Voting Rights Act. Mm. And to them, I say a very hearty fuck you. Because I think about the disenfranchisement of African-American voters in particular, but mm. also other groups, mostly the poor. You know, you read about, you know, you read about um, how difficult it is for Native Americans to vote. Mm. And these are all about like provisions like getting a driver's license uh -huh, or like uh -huh. paying for things uh -huh, like that. Uh -huh. And the needless bureaucracy designed, mm. designed specifically to make the process more and more opaque when it seems to me that the most, the easiest and the most basic thing you could do as a citizen mm. is vote. 
that should be the easiest thing to do. And I think I think about Donald Trump talking about the rigging, this so-called, this alleged rigging that was taking place, mm. which, by the way, he's quieted on ever since he won. I so mean, I'm like, which one is it, fam? Was it rigged <laughs> or was it not rigged? Like, please, a clarification is needed. <laughs> but I keep thinking about the way he decided to spread that particular narrative, this mm. idea that there were people, you know, vote early, vote often, you know, this this idea that people were trying to hijack it. And I think it's it's amazing that the... the the irony is the people who were trying by shutting off these, you know, places where poor people would go. People were actually disenfranchised actually. instead of rhetorically. Actually. <laughs> like this is a thing that happened. Yeah. I, I think the North Carolina voting rights, uh, the state one, mm. they, the court said these provisions, like the things that they were adding to like make you like make it harder for you to vote. Mm targeted african-americans with an almost surgical precision i remember the exact fucking phrase i remember that phrase too I was like yo i highlighted I'm that not phrase. crazy <laughs> surgical precision like so plotted so pointedly trying to get black people not to vote right in very specific districts right because you know what their <sighs> vote means and then i think about the the the, the trivialization of that by a man mm. saying it's rigged mm. it's rigged and it's like bruv nah ultimately the reason why donald trump is president is that a lot of people heard him and said yes okay him mm. and then they went into their little booths and then they voted accordingly so i suppose i reserve my greatest fuck you for them um and I mean it from the bottom of my cold black heart. <laughs> yes, Bill. And I hope that they reap terrible rewards as a result of it. I feel when I when I kind of thought about them, I felt I've never felt more Nigerian and more like an old woman, the woman that I will become. A really kind of ugly cackle rose <laughs> from deep within me. And it sounded like a stereotypical Nigerian witch cackle. And I thought, I cuss you. I curse all of you. And that's in, in an English accent is I curse you. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought, I want only bad things to happen to you, which mm. is not very charitable. And I know that, you know, with reflection, I'll take that back. But in this moment, this, this, I'm gonna you know. going to that for a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to, you know, like, I was thinking about this art that I saw by a, a, a woman on, I found her work on Tumblr. She's called Demi Whiffen. She's a British artist. And it's this beautiful kind of collage piece and it's got roses on there and it's got on this it's on this green background. And then in angry white letters, it says, let me be angry about it for a bit. Mm. And that's where I am right now. I'm in the let me be angry phase where I'm just kind of seething. But it's the kind of seething that is like a like a very kind of clean burning fire. Mm. So it's kind of making its way through me and it's burning everything clean. And by the time it kind of rages through, I'll be like you know, pure, mm. and then we can get on with it. But for now, I want to sit deep inside the fire and just kind of burn and then come out of it, you know, Phoenix-like. Like, ah, yeah. oh, you know what I mean? Yes. Now let's get to work and, you know, unfuck shit, right? Yes. That was beautiful, Bill. Oh, you know. Let it all burn, y'all. <laughs> Usher said it best, man. Burn it all down. <laughs> also. <laughs> But you know that it's so
this is truly the most I've laughed all week. I'm so glad. I'm genuinely really pleased about that. I feel so blessed to be in your presence. Oh, thank you so much. It's very mutual. Thank you so much. I really needed this. (laughs) So, uh, you want to buy some rounds before we go? Yes, please. Who are you buying around for, Bim? Okay, so I already mentioned this uh, earlier, but I just, if I kind of really, if I really think about what's helped me the most this last week Mm. of election, you know, brouhaha, I'll be honest with you, it's been fan fiction. Mm, Okay. Yeah. So I... I mean, the show that I am absolutely in love with at the moment is The Walking Dead. Okay. Um, because it has um, someone who may be the person who, in the history of television, has looked the most like me. Wow. And I'm a, I'm a narcissist, and I always want to see myself. I think that's a very human need. Oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> that's what my therapist says. Um, so... <laughs> So Danai Guerrero plays Michonne on The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. and she is so beautiful. I've never seen The Walking oh Dead, but she God. looks so fly. She, I know exactly who you're talking about. I just, I want to like eat her and like absorb her powers. Yes. Like I just want to devour her whole, <laughs> just swallow her sure, so sure. that I can also be like her. She's beautiful. She's also like this mad talented playwright. She had a play on Broadway. I went to see that. That was right. amazing. She wrote Eclipse. Anyway, I love, I love Danai Guerrero, and I really love the character of Michonne. And I've been reading a lot of fan fiction that's written around Michonne. What is the fan fiction about? Oh, mate. Okay. Uh-huh. So there's all sorts of... There's all I've sorts never of read fan fiction. Oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> Baby's s- first fan fiction. I'm going to send you a list of <laughs> just the most beautiful fan fiction I've ever read. Like, okay. I've been reading fan fiction since I was like 14. So oh I'm... Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So I'm, you're an expert. You're a bit of an I'm expert. I'm a fan, fam. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. I'm a professional fan. Anyway, um, I've been reading a lot of The Walking Dead fanfic. And um, it's really been helping. A lot of what I read is like I said Michonne centric um, but it's it's you know it's, and the greatest thing is a lot of the fanfics that I read about Michonne is written by black women as well what and that makes me feel like this wonderful community mm. of all of us just like huge fans mm. nerds the lot of us <laughs> and we're just sat there reading and writing and encur- and the, the comments are always lovely all these black girls like there's so much black girl joy and black girl love and reading those comments in addition to the fanfic just puts me in a really wonderful headspace. So my round is for every single one of those black girls on AO3 or on fanfic.net who are creating wonderful fiction. Some of the, some of it the fi- you know the best fiction I've read this year including mm. you know paperbacks and hardbacks and bestsellers and whatever. And these people are creating beautiful worlds where they are centering black girls and I just want to say to all of you Mate, I if I could, I would buy you a physical round. Like mm. I would come round with some bourbon and I just sprinkle it everywhere. Just kind of like drink <laughs> up, drink up, sisters. Like I'm so happy. I love you all and I appreciate the you. The bourbon fairy is here. <laughs> exactly. I've arrived. Turn up, turn up. Like I'm I'm actually genuinely grateful for them. So that's that's who I'm buying around for. That's all the wonderful so black girl fanfic writers. Oh, I love that. And Heaven, who are you buying around for? Oh, my God. So, like, literally just, like, before I got here, I was watching this TV show, this Netflix show uh-huh. called Chewing Gum. Oh, my God. Have you heard of it? Mate, it's British. I l- There's a black British girl, so I was like, yo. She wrote, she wrote it, you know. She created it. The star of it, Tracy. I did not know that. Michaela Cole wrote, she created it. So you've seen the whole thing? Uh, mate, it was on television last year. What are okay, you chatting about? Wow. <laughs> All right, you know, I don't know shit. <laughs> I literally just discovered I've read nothing about it. I haven't heard anything about it. Well, Besides my black girlfriends being like, yo, yo, you seen <laughs> you seen Chewangam though? And I was like, what is this show everyone's talking about? Uh, the world of that show. So it's about like a 24-year-old girl. She's 
very British. She's, I'm she's, proud. She, she makes me proud to be British, and that never happens. <laughs> it's such a fun show. It's about her, like, awkward dating, wanting yeah. to lose her virginity, yeah. her really super Christian family, mm-hmm. uh, her super Christian boyfriend. I'm only on, like, episode four. I don't know, oh, where, I don't know where things are going. It's wonderful. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> it, is, it has such fun, bright, like, poppy colors. Like, yes. she's always fresh. Yeah. Like, I'm living for all of the looks. It's wonderful. And it has like a, I've never seen a, like a mom like that on TV. The Nigerian mom. Fam. Fam. It's a lot. It's <laughs> yeah. a lot. It's so funny. It's, it was, I, I put it because it was on British television last year. Mm. So I had it on my end of year list, like my critics end of year list, like best television of 2015. Word. And 2015? 2015 it Yo, came out last Natalie. year. I know it just came onto American Netflix. No, it's, you're not late. All of America's late. Okay. You're not, it's not gotcha. unique gotcha. to you. But they just put it on Netflix. And Michaela Cole is amazing and she wrote this and it's actually based on a play that she wrote called what? Chewing Gum Dreams. Exactly. Let oh my me, God. Let me send you some links, Heather. Please. Okay? Can we put them in the newsletter? That's exactly what we're going to do, fam. Yes. All right? That's exactly what we're going to do. I'm so curious. She's wonderful. So, yeah. I you, can see why you Talking to you mm-hmm. and watching that show is truly like the best laughs I've had all week. Oh, you know, I don't, I don't want to brag or anything, but um, black British girls do do it better, fam. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Hair flip. Hey. She did the hair flip, yeah. I did. She I did, did it. <laughs> it felt like it was happening in slow-mo. <laughs> it was beautiful. Bam. Hi, this Heaven. has been so much fun. Thank you so much for making it fun. This has been such a joy. Um, as always, we gotta do some credits. Sure. Gotta give our shout-outs. <laughs> Um, shout out to the pod squad. <laughs> See the sad ass. I wish I could do it. Come on, Bam. I can't. Tracy does it so <laughs> well. <laughs> we miss you, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Julia Furlan for producing this episode. Editorial oversight from Eleanor Kagan. Production support from Chiquita Pascal, Nina Patuk, and Meg Kramer, my favorite substitute teacher. Hey. Meg's laughing. <laughs> it's a good joke. It's an inside joke, guys. Uh, shout out to Paul Ruess at Argo Studios. Always shout out to Jean Grey and Don Will for our lovely music. Um, Bim, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of the Another Round Universe. I appreciate you appreciating me. <laughs> I, that's right. I'm a cheesy cat daddy. And I appreciate it. Oh, my God. That reminds me of like one of the first episodes of Broad City where she's like, I appreciate you appreciating me appreciating your dick. Yes. <laughs> That's and one of my favorite like, Feminism. <laughs> Shout out to Brad City. Um, as always, y'all, if you want to see all the links from what all the things we talked about, the books we mentioned, the shows we're watching, you can subscribe to our newsletter, buzzfeed.com slash another round slash newsletter to sign up for all this wonderful goodness in your inbox every Friday. Like, why would you not want that? What's in your inbox right now? Like, not great stuff. <laughs> Definitely not as good as what we got going on. Okay. Also, check out our newest BuzzFeed podcast, See Something, Say Something. Shout out to Ahmed. Yo, the homie. He's amazing. I love him so much. It's an incredible new podcast uh, centered around Muslim identity and fun stuff and sad stuff like our show. So you're definitely going to like their show if you like fun, sad stuff about the world (laughs) and ourselves. That's not their theme song, so don't put them up. Don't put that on them. That's on me. <laughs> um, hit us on the buzz on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, we're still at twitter.com slash another round Facebook. Another round. Email us. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Nominate us for a Nobel Peace Prize. In these times, surely, surely the nation, nay the world, 
needs us. Nay the world. Nay the world. <laughs> um, drink some water. Take your meds. Whew, I forgot one day and I was like, no. No, Satan, not this week. <laughs> no. I rebuke you. <laughs> I rebuke. Get back to hell. <laughs> um, and call your person. Be around each other. I have really, truly found so much solace in being with my community and being just open and vulnerable with people. For real. And hugging each other. Bim gives the greatest hugs. If you see her in the streets, approach like a bear. <laughs> And then talk to her about the hug situation. Don't hug her in the streets. No. That's not what I'm advocating. No, because I know Krav Maga and I will end you. <laughs> what? <laughs> you really? I really fucking don't. But if you say something with enough confidence. <laughs> it was so convincing. Thank you. I should have been an actor. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I always appreciate spending time with you. And heaven, can I just say, you've never looked lovelier. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> I'm ready for the race wars. <laughs> Looking good with my sensible shoes. My eyebrows are so, they're oh so ready. God. They've been Listen, threaded. My lip will be popping. Listen, I've been exfoliating my lips, by the way. <laughs> they're so smooth. We are ready for the race wars. Dolphin smooth. And we will slay. Oh, <laughs> trust and believe. <laughs>